Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Oh, thank you very much for listening. This is episode three, Jailhouse Rock from 1957. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And with us today, <laughs> we have our very first guest here on the podcast. You know her from, if you listen to every episode of the Podcast Network, probably the most recent episode to come out was our bombshell episode of Charlize Theron's Watch the Throne podcast. You also know her from Wistful Thinking and also the current lap of Too Fast, Too Forever. With us today... We have Cara Gayla Regan. Hello, Cara. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I heard the rumor around the rumor mill, and by that I mean you told me this yesterday. <laughs> this is the first Elvis movie you've ever seen. The first Elvis movie oh. I've ever seen. I have like no relationship with Elvis whatsoever, oh. which was why I was interested in participating in this project, because I only know of Elvis as like a cultural artifact like oh, just reflected cool. through other aspects of our culture yep. you know yeah. like maybe the most contact with elvis that i had was that one of the characters on designing women was a big elvis fan and also there was an elvis impersonator that lived in my town Whoa. and like that's the extent i love it. that because it seems like for a while there i mean you couldn't find someone who, who didn't know Elvis. Not that you don't know who he yeah. is or anything, but that wasn't exposed to a lot of Elvis, yeah. like just through the culture and everything like that. But times have gone on, and I could totally understand that. Now it's that's very interesting. It's almost like a like a Ready Player One sort of like a filtered everything down. we do today, Mike, is Ready Player no, One. No, but I'm just saying the way like references are sure. thrown in that like that's kind of like Elvis sort of. Well, like probably, Xerox. You've yeah. seen like 10 movies that Elvis is a character in. Like, oh, he's, for sure. Like Val Kilmer plays him in True Romance for yeah, like two yeah. minutes. It's just like he's everywhere, but he's Danny also... Danny Zuko was supposed to be Elvis originally. That's right. Greece. Before we get too much further, I need to do a plot summary of Jailhouse Rock. Oh, We're yeah. back in black and white, Mike. Yep. Which I was not expecting. I was expecting, for whatever reason, just, just color here color, on out. Color all the way down. Oh, black <laughs> and white. Uh, this movie is also not at all what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely not. All right, so here's the story. So Elvis plays Vince Everett, mm-hmm. who is a physical laborer of mm-hmm. some kind, gets paid, buys a bar, a round of drinks. A woman starts talking to him. Her man gets very upset that she's talking to Elvis. Elvis punches him to, to the point of to manslaughter. Death. To death, yeah. Uh, they go. So he gets between one and ten years in prison. Elvis goes to prison. Of course, he is cellmates with a guy who has a guitar. It's, it's a real Con Air situation. The twist mm-hmm. is that Elvis is not a musician. That's right. That Elvis's uncle or grandfather or someone was a musician. He sort of knew a song or two from, but it's the cellmate, this guy named Hunk, who teaches him how to be a musician. For, for cartons of cigarettes. Which Elvis does not understand, but soon, very quickly comes to realize when he gets the, the fresh fish haircut. But like, he just looks like a, like a 2019 haircut. Like, it looks like a fine haircut, but like, that's the bad one, but... Oh, his beautiful hair. Yeah, I can see why he was a real big hit with the ladies. <laughs> also, Elvis is an asshole in this entire movie, and I hated that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's a dick. The first two movies, the first movie, he's such a, like a, like he's, a, not so a he's not a dumb person, but like he's like a, just like a sweet, like very kind, gentle he's person. A little mama's boy. And then Loving You, he's like kind of this new to the music industry. Here, he's just like, hey, I want money. I only need money. That's All like, I care about, about money. money. And then he's just, he's unlikable. Like, that's kind of the point of the movie. Like, he's unlikability and he, the way he treats other people ruins everything but like he's hard to root for at any point in this movie yeah yes I agreed i did not appreciate that <laughs> they play a couple of songs in the prison and then seemingly 20 25 minutes into the movie maybe or half an hour in he's out of prison and he never goes back to prison until <laughs> not even to shoot a special like the like the whole the famous jailhouse rock song yeah. is on a stage mm-hmm. yeah which is 
what the hell is this movie it, about? It, it, it's a it's like a nationwide American bandstand kind of special. So what happened in the movie is that he they film like an in-prison TV special or something like that. Mm-hmm. Later, like one of the se- next scenes after that is a prison riot, and Elvis punches out a guard. And I was like, oh, he's going to get stuck in prison. This is going to be the movie. But like almost the next scene is like, no, he's out of prison. I'm like, Wait, what is happening? <laughs> Elvis gets free. He meets a woman named Peggy, who's like a music promoter. She wants to sign him. He beats up a guy, or he like, intimidates a guy at a bar who's laughing, who's talking very loudly and like sort of laughing at him, and I thought he was going to go back to prison. Once again, does not go back to prison. Peggy sold the tape that they made, like she sold the record. They form their own record label. Oh, they get their song stolen first. That was... That, that's why they make their own record that's label, That's why they right? make their own label, Because yeah. like, we're going to be in charge of everything now. They get a 60-40 split. Peggy's upset at the 60-40 split. I'm unclear what Peggy's role is in any of this. It seems like <laughs> she just need like, he needs a, a woman around, kind of? Excuse me? No. I think I think she like runs his career or yeah. otherwise like he'd be back in jail. <laughs> She's doing a lot of labor that you don't see on screen, but trust me, she is a vital part of this operation. I believe you because like Elvis seems incapable of doing literally anything in this yeah. movie. He then meets up with a lawyer, Mr. Shores, who offers it he's like, You fan of music and Mr. Shores says no. And he's like, Cool, you wanna be my manager? And he's like, Not yet and then eventually he is. <sighs> but Mr. Shores is the smartest man in this movie. He like even knows what Elvis is gonna counter negotiate with. Things keep going, things keep going. Elvis eventually sings Jailhouse Rock. Hunk gets out of prison, yeah. gets jealous of Elvis's fame again. Well, they had a contract, remember? But yes. it's non-binding. Because it's, you know, it's a prison contract. So he becomes his poly. They get a record to, are they going to offer to buy the record label? They're each going to make like a cool quarter million dollars. Peggy doesn't want to sell out, even though Elvis is like, it's all about money. And Hunk, who is his cellmate, punches Elvis in the throat. Yep. It restricts his windpipe. They have to trach him. And then within a week, he's back to normal. Two scenes. Fully back. To, he's fully healed. And then, you know, he sings Young and Beautiful. Peggy falls in love. Movie ends. Jailhouse Rock. Here are the taglines. We do things a little bit differently on, on this because <laughs> there's, I, there's more research, I feel, or like there's more history here that I want to dig way deeper on. Mm-hmm. So here are the taglines mm. for these movies. No name. It just says, his first big dramatic singing role. Not true. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> MGM presents, this is number two, MGM presents Elvis Presley at his greatest. Again, not true. My least favorite of the three movies so far. <laughs> number three, MGM presents Elvis Presley, Rebel of Song. I was getting some Rebel Without a Cause vibes in yeah. this movie. Yeah, definitely by him being an ex-con or being a convict is the bad boy sort and of just thing. just, so, you know, that like young, dumb and full of calm situation <laughs> yeah. to, to quote point. Break. Of course. And the final one is Elvis in action as never before, even though this is kind of the same movie that Loving You was to a certain what? extent. And it's not action-packed. Like, there's, well, nope. there's the bar fight, so maybe we had never seen him kill someone with his bare hands. Yeah. So a, a little bit of uh, backstory here. The band of the film is once again his real-life band. Oh, nice. That's two movies in a row. The first one, the first movie, they did not let his actual band be like, in the movie. They're like, they don't yeah. look country enough, and he mm-hmm. got upset. And then so the last two movies... The second and third movie, he has had his actual band in the movie. Cool. The dance sequence in the titular Jailhouse Rock... Which is, is great. Like, ...often I mean, cited as his greatest moment on screen. That's unfortunate, if that's the case. I don't know that that's true. Like, there's been... Like, mm. Elvis as a ghost singing in the graveyard. That's graveyard amazing. Pretty great. Yeah, I feel like it's already been trumped. In the first <laughs> movie, Elvis dies, and okay. they, they screened the movie, and everyone was like, what is happening? And so <laughs> then they, they have... A reshoot. They go to his grave at the end. The family goes to his grave, and as they're walking away, ghost Elvis... Elvis comes up and sings the song, sings, sings Love, Love Me Tender, Love Me Tender, to 
to the audience. The audience basically, basically as, as a the family walks like, away, like force ghosts, and that's how Elvis. the movie ends. <laughs> wow! So that's amazing. pretty amazing. <laughs> Elvis was paid a quarter million dollars and got fifty percent of the royalties of the movie. Whoa! Like he's Yikes. getting paid Banking. for these movies because I mean, without him, the movie doesn't yeah. get a get made, b make money. So the saddest part, I don't. Did you do any research about this movie or no? No, I have a theory. Well, the saddest part is that Judy Tyler, who plays Peggy. Yeah, died three days after they filmed. They, oh, they wrapped shooting. Oh no, that's She's terrible. She's so pretty. She made three movies. Elvis is. I don't think Elvis has ever seen this movie. He said it, it breaks. It broke his heart too much to watch it because she died I, three days that's after they insane. wrapped filming. And he can't that's watch so loving. He can't watch loving you because his mom's in that and she passed away. So he said he would vow to never watch movie that so far. Now he's going only. And his mom can't watch Loving Tender because Elvis dies. Because Elvis dies is like terrible night movie night at the Presley house. If Judy Tyler and her husband were in a car accident three days after this movie oh, wrapped horrible. and they both died. She's Aww. good in this too. I was. Yeah, she's got a lot she of charisma. Beautiful eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey Shaughnessy plays Hunk Houghton, his okay. cellmate. Uh, he's known for his role in From Here to Eternity. Oh. But he's also a comedian who apparently once had like a 45-minute routine that just bashed Elvis. What? Was this before or after? I think before. I Unclear. Okay. Because I, I mean, if this is a world where... Elvis was like, yo, get me that guy who like does the that, that 45 minute bit yeah. yeah, of me being terrible. Like, let's cast him in the movie. I love that. You know that guy who hurts my guts? Get him on in here. <laughs> a trend that we've already noticed, I think, in at least two or not all, maybe all three movies, but the other, the beautiful blonde woman oh, in this movie, yeah. Sherry, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Holden was, this is her first movie. They're just basically like, you're beautiful. You're in this movie with Elvis now, which this just the... feels like that's what's going to be happening in every movie. Yeah, probably. Third, third in a row, pretty, pretty much. Originally titled The Hard Way. Oh, I like that. Which is a cool title. Changed to Jailhouse Kid, and then eventually Jailhouse Rock. Much better. The first scene filmed is the titular Jailhouse Rock scene. Okay. Alex Romero, who created moves inspired by Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly, and Gene Kelly was actually on set when they filmed this, and he watched it happen. Yeah, I see that. Elvis was not convinced by the initial choreography. They met up, and they wanted some extra moves, and then I think basically Elvis kind of choreographed a lot of this himself. Hmm. It's also been since confirmed by one of, if not the greatest acrobatic young dancers in the world, Russ Tamblin. Have you seen that video? Do you know Russ Tamblin? He's from, he's Dr. Jacoby in, in Twin Peaks. He's Amber Tamblin's dad. Mm-hmm. There is like a four or five or ten minute video on YouTube of a- Russ Tamblin dancing. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is, like, if you're really? listening to this podcast, pause it and just go search Am- uh, Russ Tamblin dancing. He's jumping on things and, like, pogo sticking off things that are not pogo sticks. It is wow. incredible. Oh, I gotta check that out. That he helped Elvis, I think, choreograph this as well. Interesting. Well, so that feels most like an old-timey Hollywood musical. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's what I was expecting from Elvis movies all the way through from the beginning. But this mm-hmm. is the first time we've actually got, like, a musical number. Yes. All the other times he's literally performing like on a stage yes. as a rock and roller. This was a very big moment apparently in the in the history of I don't know if I call it gay cinema, but there's this guy Brett Farmer who's an expert in gay issues according to Wikipedia said the quote orgasmic gyrations of the dance sequence placed that within a lineage of cinematic cinematic musical numbers that offer quote spectacular erotiz- uh-huh. erotization if not homo erotization mm. of the male image. Yeah, mm. I mean, I was definitely seeing a lot of this in like Bob Fosse's ca- choreography, oh, like yeah. further down the road. Um, all that but also, jazz, you hear, you know? you know, there's all the a lot of talk about prison and sexuality and stuff like that but also it doesn't seem like they're trying to like hide it either in this movie like the camaraderie between the guys and the especially during that dance sequence it just like i'm very curious like if there's gonna be and i'm guessing no but like elvis is like so and this is something that like html that nico and kevin talked about like with the mcu is like 
Elvis is so firmly like women, women, women all the time in all these movies, like has multiple partners, always like these love triangles. Like I wonder if there's <laughs> ever going to be more something more homoerotic than this. Right. Mm. right and right. I feel like probably not, but who know. knows? I mean, we got 28 I mean, this, more movies. This, coming to this watch. was the only Elvis movie I'd ever seen before starting this endeavor. I think this is my least favorite time watching. I think it diminishes every time. Do At you, first, where, I was like, "This movie's where awesome." Does it rank of the three so far? Is this your least favorite? Like mine, or is this? Do you like it more than another one? Well, I think it, I think just by virtue of like the the gels, rock sequence, and some of the other and some of the songs, I think I like this second. I think I still like "Loving You" first, and then and "Loving Tender" is last. I'm not sure. It's it's too early to tell. During the performance, one of the performance, Elvis, one of Elvis's dental caps fell out, became lodged in his lung. Oh my oh god. god! He had to become hospitalized. In one scene, he's wearing a sweater while everyone else is in, like, bikinis and bathing suits. <laughs> I thought they were filming a movie in the movie, but no, he's just performing. I do want to say that Elvis is shirtless in this movie, maybe for the first time. Three times. And he is so scrawny, and I'm like, we got Kumail looking like Kumail looks now. Have you seen the picture of Kumail? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I can't Kumail. talk about it. But that's another it's, instance it's of, um, I felt like maybe that's another instance of, like, the homoeroticism is when he's in prison, shirtless, with his hands tied, and a guy whipping him. Yeah, like yeah. A, for, you know, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's very... in there. I don't think it's trying to be cheeky either. I think no. it's, like, matter of fact. So Lieber and Stoller, who I think wrote a lot of the songs... I think just a lot of Elvis songs maybe in general, again, unclear. They were locked in a hotel room for five hours or something. Or maybe, no, for a day, I think. No, five hours? Hold on. Like, literally someone locked them in. So they were, like, behind. They just, like, they didn't have anything. They were confronted in their hotel room by the director of Hill and Range Music. They told them they had no material. So he locked them by blocking their door with a sofa. And they said they could not leave the room until they had created the material. Four hours later, they had written five songs. Whoa. Wow. They wrote, I want to be free, treat me nice, baby, I don't care, and Jihad. Four I, treat me nice is so good. I want to be free, because they're like, they want to be free of this room. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing they thought of. Yeah, treat me nice, I think. Well, we'll get to it, but we do rank, rank songs. The movie made, it earned a profit of a, over a little over a million dollars. Nice. So Elvis got his paid. It earned $3.2 million in the U.S. and Canada and a million dollars elsewhere. So if he got 50% of that, wow. he got, you know, two plus million and this is like movie. late 50s right early mm-hmm. 60s when was this 57. 57 it received mixed reviews from critics a lot of people again I think that's going to be probably true of everything but people are just going to hate on Elvis for being Elvis mm-hmm. and then other people just say that you know only Elvis can keep like Elvis is the best part of the movie. I still think I, I will maintain that he's got he's got talent. Like as an actor, like I think he's. I don't know if this is the best movie for him, but I I like what he does in most of his stuff so far. Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the songs. The first song, weirdly, is not an Elvis song. It's not an Elvis song he's ever sang. One more day that Hunk sings in prison. He's just like, hey, give me the guitar. Let me show you a thing. It's just like, why is this? Why is this in the movie? What is going on? And this is the second movie in a row where someone else starts off singing aside from Elvis. Yeah, and, what is happening? I don't know. I just that's not what we came for. No, <laughs> like, I feel like they've fully transitioned now in the third film from western to modern if you remember what i said in the last movie is sort of half a western this one they're making fun of country Mm. western stuff saying Mm -hmm. that's old that's dumb hillbilly stuff hillbilly style get that out of here i don't know if it's i mean this is only one of my wacky elvis theories but i feel like it's a complete one now like we are the next movie will probably have no hide no hair of no western nothing so I just wanted to get that off my chest. What's quick. the next one? The next movie that we're doing is King Creole. So the first song is One More Day. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on One More Day? I think it's I. It's the only movie that are, it's the only song in the movie that I haven't heard four times or five times in the last day as I... Because <laughs> you can listen to all... Like One thing that Mike and I have talked about on these episodes is like there's six songs that Elvis sings that you can listen to in probably 14 minutes. Like it, yeah, they're, they're all super short. two, two and a half minute songs, which is great. Like it's just, you know a car ride from here to there, wherever you're going, it's like, okay, cool. Blow through the entire song, movie's worth of songs. So any thoughts on One More Day, a song that I barely remember? 
Oh, I don't remember it at all. Yeah, I didn't like it. I mean, I, my my main complaint about this whole movie is too many ballads, um, and we're starting off with one like right here, it's because it's Jailhouse Rock. Like I thought we were going to get lots of rocking tunes, and, and you know, and in the yeah. last one we were really swinging in uh, in the last movie, so yeah, it was a little too slow for me. <laughs> the next song is a song. This is a, a trend that we saw for sure in Loving You mm. is the return of a song over and over again throughout the movie, Young and Beautiful, which I think is a really good song but it's played at least three times in its entirety another ballad another ballad <laughs> but, he but plays a good it. one but this Elvis the, sings it this is the song that he learned from his uncle that he plays in prison and Hunk's like basically like ew what are you doing like why you're such a terrible musician and then he plays it I think that's the song that he plays when he gets out of prison on stage that he gets like laughed at or heckled during sort of oh right and then it plays at the very very end of the movie as well he that's the song sings he sings Peggy. when his throat is yeah. healed then there's I want to be free I might as well have never heard this song before in my life. We, we have not touched on yet in any of the episodes, Mike, is that we're going to get into an, a gospel phase in his career. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is kind this of... This is it. This is like yeah. an intro yeah. into the gospel I totally forgot about that. he gets that. like really gospel He's a super spiritual Elvis at one point, yeah. Now, this is nice. This is more up-tempo, you know. It, it's still slow, but it's, you know, it's upbeat. Okay, now I remember this. This is right before the food fight, right? <laughs> Don't leave me now. It's at the recording studio. Oh, yeah, but first he says... Uh, oh, this is I Want to Be Free. Hold on, I'm sorry. I Want to Be Free is... It's the, the TV show that they're filming, the music special, in prison. And then this is the song that he sings that he becomes a hit because and, like he gets all the fan mail because mm-hmm. girls are like, oh, yeah, this is the good stuff. Here is one letter that's like, I'm 15 years old. <laughs> I was like, no! Ah! So do you think it was a good idea for his cellmate to block all that fan mail? Probably, right? That was probably the good call. Not to... well, he's already an egomaniac. Like, what do you? Yeah. Mean? What do you? I mean, are you helping anything? <laughs> I also like that he's basically like w- rooming with like the one guy in prison who runs prison. Oh yeah, it's Red from Shawshank. Yeah, yeah. He's rooming with Morgan Freeman, just like, oh yeah, I can get you anything you want. Like, here's the cigarettes. Like, I'll loan you cigarettes. I'll just get a. You know, what's the vig on the cigarettes? It's like, what guy? Like, I just got here. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. We skipped over this, but Elvis or Hunk plays the song, and then Elvis is like, hey, let me take that and. Hunk says, you remember what Hunk says? No. Don't break any strings. Oh my god, that's Which what I he la- did I in the last out loud, movie. In the last movie, Elvis kept breaking strings, <laughs> and so they bought him his own guitar, and then the first <laughs> song he sings is Lonesome Cowboy, where the whole song he's just gently drumming on the guitar. He's, he's going like, the guitar. So I just love that, like, it's, I guess, a through line now that Elvis is going to break guitar strings. Oh, I love that joke. That's uh, great. We're going to see if that keeps coming up. Uh, Hunk tells Elvis, you'll never make a guitar player. You've got no rhythm in your bones. Like, this movie is Which, just taking shots at Elvis, Like, and I don't understand why. Well, it's is it's it not Elvis. Funny? He's not Elvis. But, you're not separating but him not from... he's not Elvis. No, but he isn't. But he isn't, he isn't. But you're not... You, it's supposed to be part of the joke, I think, is to be like, if you call that singing, like, who do you think you are? Elvis Presley? Like, I I'm think that's part like, of the gag. how... How famous was this guy? Not Elvis, the other guy. Like, how famous was he and his mm. whole like the Elvis, like his Elvis sucks shtick that he did? Oh, because the then if, if it's like the movie is referencing that, and like mm-hmm. people at the time would have been like, oh, this is hilarious because we already know this guy like hates Elvis. It's like meta commentary. Yeah, well, that's what we've seen so far. Is that it feels like a lot of these movies are commentary on both the record industry, but also yeah. Elvis's rising but popularity and his mm-hmm. particular rise, like. His story is told over rise. and over mm-hmm. again. Yeah, yeah. Overnight sensation kind of thing. I was also getting really strong comparisons between Hunk and Tex from the last movie, who's just, imagine yeah. a guy named Tex, and like that's exactly sure. what you're thinking yeah. about. <laughs> like, they're both just out to like take advantage of Elvis. 
But they're just like they both are like this older guy who's like, oh, this young kid has something. In the last movie, it's more clear, but they're like, I'm yeah. going to hitch my horse to this wagon and take advantage of him. Because he's Elvis is the guy putting both of them out to pasture. You know, mm-hmm. he's the next step. They're the old ways, and so like they have every right, I guess, to be upset about that, right? And I mean, I don't go throat punching or anything, but you know. yeah, Elvis is just taking like swinging haymakers in this movie. Like the guard, <laughs> he murders the guy. How many people does he punch in this movie? He kills a guy with punches. <laughs> he punches the guard, knocks him out. Which, hold on, I just want to say real quick, like, I don't think, have you, did you grasp how Con Air that is? Like, I think that's the only other movie I've ever seen that in, where someone goes to prison for beating someone up at a bar for manslaughter like that. It happened with Nick Cage. But Cage, like, the reason Con Air is because, like, Cage is a military man, and, like, his hands are basically, like, lethal weapons. I know, I know, but but, but it's technically the same thing, you know? It's the, anyone kills anyone in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter, to quote Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm just saying, you just... It's ironic to me, I think, that it's in an Elvis movie and a Cage movie. Yeah. No, no, not, not yet. That's for sure. Like a weird... Especially because we've talked about how like Cage channels Elvis in uh, yeah. a lot of what he does. And I have a theory that he rewatches a couple of Elvis movies before filming a new movie just to get like back in the swing of things, but that's just my we theory. We have to look for more Cage connections because that's it's definitely there. Uh, the next song in the movie is Young and Beautiful, which I think we, we played before, or we talked about before. This is when there's a loud guy laughing in the crowd, Elvis slams his guitar on the table, and then that's when Peggy chases after him and says, hey, you forgot something. Me. What do you think of Peggy? I think she's a really interesting character, actually, because here we are, it's 1957. Mm-hmm. She is this young woman who is out there on her own. She's like an A&R rep or yeah. something. I'm yeah, not sure exactly sure. what her job is, but she is like work, like she has a job, you know, and she's like out there working in, in these uh, very male-dominated environments, and I don't get what she sees in Elvis. Yes. Kind of. (laughs) I mean, yes, he's very handsome. He's also a total fucking asshole. What's also weird about this movie is the first time in three where it seems like, it sounds like Elvis, but it seems like in this movie people are like, He's got no talent. It's just like, it, like this is the first time we're just like, oh no, this kid doesn't have anything. Because, yeah, I think they're really trying to get Elvis out of your head as much as possible in that sense of like who he really is in real life, you know? And it's like, how can we burn it into their minds that he's playing a character, mm-hmm. right? Is like, say he's bad at singing. Say he's not everything Elvis is good at, this character is bad at. If Elvis is likable, this guy's not likable. Like, I honestly feel like it's an overcorrection to we just got to do as much as we can so they don't see Elvis this because that's all they're ever gonna see really and and it's and you still see him it still doesn't really work entirely because you just they he came he comes across as like too much of a jerk almost like Mm -hmm. woody the first version of woody that he redid for toy story i keep hearing about that he was just like such an obnoxious jerk and he still kind of is in the and he still kind of like is in that first movie yeah so i i think it's a matter of that it's like they're not gonna they're gonna see elvis so we Mm -hmm. have to do everything else we can to say this isn't elvis because Uh, when he sings or when he records don't leave me now at the recording studio they play it back he's like oh i hate this it's like oh And they're like, well, how could, how could it be better? He's like, well, the song is good. It's just like, I do the performance better. Like, that's, they got to add more, like, heart and soul and blues, I guess, to it. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's weird to, like, have everybody, not only everybody else kind of hate Elvis, but, like, Elvis kind of hates Elvis, too. I almost saw that a little more as, like, the artist, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, like, listening like, back to yourself. Ever nothing's enough. ever they good. The perfectionist. I like, yeah. I could do it better. I could do it again. And that almost made me think of, not that I thought this was a great movie, but there's an interest, there's the scene in the Queen movie when they're recording, the guy's doing the solo and he's like, it's amazing, it's amazing. He's like, but I want you to do it again. And I think he says like, 
you know, make it sound a little more like Queen or something like that. And he goes in and he just fucking rips it for the final take or something. So I wonder if they were, if it was a thing like that where it's like, I don't have my spin on it. Like, let me try and find my spin or something. Peggy sells the tape and Elvis is upset because they're not making enough money on it quickly enough. He's like, I don't care if you sold it. I just want to make money. It's like, well, that's what, that's that's the well, that's step make, A to the step B. This is the one they don't make any money off of because it gets stolen. Right, but like she sells it and then it gets, you know yeah. what I mean? But like he's not even happy that she's like doing her job for him. She takes him to like a fancy party or just like a cocktail party. These older people are sort of discussing jazz. Yeah, what a weird And then they ask movie. Elvis, what do you think about jazz? And he's like, I don't give a shit or something. He's like, I don't care about this lady. I feel stupid. And, and he gets like, up and he like storms, storms out, out. And he's like, those people ask me about crazy stuff. And I'm like, I kind of love that he doesn't give a shit about jazz. I do too. As somebody who also does not give a shit about jazz, I also <laughs> and, appreciate it. And how much jazz has been coming up and how many white people have been trying to save jazz. I just love that even back then, Elvis is like, I ain't into that jazz. <laughs> Elvis who famously stole music from right. like, black music and I, I, just, I like, know the I, I know I'm it's ironic. I know, I, know. I, I love it I get just like it's again your theory of like let's separate Elvis the artist from Elvis the character yeah because it's like oh no like that's not me at all I hate this stuff. <laughs> he and Peggy kiss and I wrote down a quote that ain't tactics honey that's the beast in me that's literally uh, the only quote I wrote down <laughs> I mean that's sexual assault actually yeah. <laughs> like, indeed it on, is Elvis. And he kind of like he just like walks away he's just like that's the beast in me and then just like leaves it's like Oh, all right. And then she like sticks around. Yeah. And she asked them later, are you only in it for the money? Hint, hint. The money is all you care about. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> and then, th- then the song gets stolen. The record gets stolen. They, that's when they want to have their own record label. And I felt like Elvis had a really like an I'm the captain now type moment where you're just like, <laughs> I'm in charge. I'm, I'm the one calling the shots now. And then they're doing the, the 60-40 split. And that's when they meet up with Mr. Shores. And what's hilarious about this movie is that, like, clearly Elvis just, or at least his character in the movie, just has no idea how the record business works. No. He doesn't know anything. Yeah. About, like, he, he seems like a very blue-collar worker who then goes to prison, then becomes a musician, and is like, oh, I got this. And it's like, you don't know anything <laughs> about anything. Learned. Yeah, he has no idea how any of this works. Isn't it kind of crazy how this is the exact same plot of the last movie, but it played out so differently? Like, in that one, Elvis was smart, nice, and funny, and got taken advantage of by the female record executive who was kind of more nasty and mean to him and stuff and this is sort of like the opposite direction of that but it's but it's ba- everything else is almost exactly the same yeah. except for the prison like he gets up on stage and sings a song she's like you're amazing I'm gonna sell you to, to Hollywood and that's exactly what happens and they just go through the motions and it's pretty much just like this movie amazing even makes movies in that movie too we're like we're gonna make a movie now because in this in Jailhouse Rock they shoot a movie don't they they shoot TV specials I oh, think but oh, yeah, I, I thought that's... they were shooting a movie it's the same thing mm-hmm. they're like alright cool so we had that last record stolen now it's time to make a new record and that's when they make uh, Treat Me Nice this is a very it, it really sounds like a Buddy Holly song mm. which is somebody who I have like a much bigger relationship with like so did I actually yeah. I, I knew way more Buddy Holly music and yeah. about his personal life and I even wore his glasses in high school <laughs> like, who among us did not <laughs> <laughs> but that's not to say I don't love Elvis but you're right that just yeah. I think it's the like Buddy stuff had less to it really like you know he had a stand-up bass player a guy with like three skins and just him you know so it really felt I don't know what to call it like stripped down stripped down exactly yeah and this song once again is another like overnight sensation that begins as like a backing track for a dog food commercial on the joke. radio and then they're like we cut back to like so we've had so many callers and it's like 
woman's name, woman's name, woman's name, bunch of laborers downtown. It's like, oh, okay, so I guess everybody loves Elvis. So like, we're going to play that whole song for you because uh, everybody wants to hear that Vince Everett song. So here's the song again. And again, it's the same thing as like Loving You. It's just like, we just heard the song. Now we're going to hear the song again. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. No, it's because he was talking over it. Yeah. That's- but I, but it's still like it's the, like, we're hearing like as the listener like we heard the song yeah we just saw him under record the bed. it too because like the last movie he plays a song and then they go on the road and he plays the same <laughs> song in the next town and then he plays the same song in the next town it's like we like, literally just heard he, this it's literally like the entire song because it's only yeah. two and a half minutes like it makes sense in both in within the story of both movies sure. it makes sense but within the movie itself it's like yeah we just heard this. <laughs> yeah as an audience member like uh, move on this is redundancy and then this is around the time of the movie where Elvis. I don't know if he ever really... By the end, I think he has a thing for Peggy, but I feel like this is the time where he's just like, oh, Peggy's around. We should smash. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like he feels like that around about all the women. About everyone. Yeah, maybe, it's maybe just like, oh, person. look, something that I can put a dick in. Yes. Like, it's not... It, hasn't, it does not matter who it is. And he actually does end up with someone in this. Well, a, Peggy, yeah. No, but I mean, instead of her, he's with that blonde girl for yeah. a while. So he's trying to, like, not be with her and the movie's trying not to make them together you know and i wish they didn't end up together it'd be more realistic he just wants action i guess because he was in prison for what six months or something like no a year and two months right all Wasn't right it? but yeah like it's still like yeah not that and he's 22 but years old and he's a successful he's a, recording just a artist dirty rotten scoundrel <laughs> you know part of the whole package but peggy is like oh no i got a date with ted who spun the record on the radio because like basically he did us a favor so i'm going on a date with him or something or he's a nice guy so i'm going on a well, date they were, with him. i thought yeah, they were give a little head to get a, a little head, <laughs> or however that goes and this is the point in the movie like you know we're like an hour in where i wrote down i'm like oh so little of this movie takes place in prison mm. and i was like this is not at all what i like because so you were expecting the whole movie to be well, just, I, like so this was my expectation, but then also last time when we guessed, and I was like, it's going to be like Paddington 2 where he's wrongly imprisoned. It's going to be a movie about prison reform. You're like, you got it. And I was like, that's not this movie. Like, you <laughs> sold me a bill of goods, Mike. I sold you half a bill. I didn't mean to get your hopes up. But nothing. then this is also like, I, I literally wrote down like, it's not in prison. And like, as I'm writing that down, a hunk walks and I'm like, oh, well, prison came to Elvis now. Like, Elvis is yes. no longer in prison. But prison came back to the movie. Or is Elvis forever in a prison of his own making? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that the jailhouse? Is that the titular jailhouse? His spiritual jailhouse. Mm-hmm. An hour and five minutes in, we get the titular jailhouse rock. It's on a TV show, not even in a real jail. Pattinson 2 did it better. And also, <laughs> there's such an artifice to it that it feels weird. Like, it but feels it is, so... It's, it's staged. It's a, it's a staged performance, like an old school musical. Yeah, and the guys that are carrying instruments... The instruments are, they're two-dimensional. Two yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all props. Yeah, at first I was like, ooh, a trombone. And then I was like, oh, they said two-dimensional The only thing real is a chair. Well, it reminds me also, we were just talking about that thing you do, which is going to come out soon mm-hmm. on Hanks for the Memories, but like when they're at that beach party, they're playing instruments that aren't real. Like right. Steve's on tries to play the saxophone, like nothing comes out. It's just like, this is, these are all props, like it's all, it's all yeah. the artifice. Yeah, Literally every song in both of the movies so far, mm-hmm. and up to this point in this movie, it's all like, let's weave a song into the narrative. And here it's like, no, we're building a narrative to have a music video. So what I think they're doing with that, my new theory, now that I'm done with the Western thing, is getting Elvis movies to be more like traditional musicals. Mm-hmm. So this Jailhouse Rock sequence is, I think, what we're going to be 
coming more to expect in later films. And like the only way they could really get it in this movie is if it was on a TV special because he couldn't rock out like this in the actual prison in this movie. Yeah, you know I was what wondering how that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in order to get like that whole performance done, they had to think of a way to oh, how can we shoot and stage this like an old like a early fifties musical drama, like a Sinatra movie, you know, like mm-hmm. one of those kinds of things. And so which are all great. Those, I, those I would insane. definitely do a Sinatra <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, his musicals are, are something else. Like, they truly are. Over the course of the next few movies, we're going to get less sort of like public performances and more of these extravagant sort of like... Set pieces. Set pieces, yes. Like, it's weird to me that these movies are both exactly what everything else is, but also not. Like, it's a combination where it's like, this is exactly what we've seen, but also somehow like a new... I know they're only three deep, but it's already like, this is the pattern we're going to do. Yeah. How can we kind of twist the pattern? It's going to be a bummer if they stick to this pattern exclusively like he constantly keeps getting signed to record labels as an overnight since if that's every elvis movie i'm done tomorrow but i know it's not you know there's only so many stories right and you we keep retelling them but you switch the genre up right so it could be you know i feel like we've run into this before where we've seen that movie before but it was a horror movie instead of a drama or like a comedy this time or something like that and so far with elvis like we've got the same movie yeah but three different sort of genres of it we had the western we had like the midwestern the and, and we now have, we have yeah. like the the modern quote yeah. unquote modern for its age this is the part of the movie where sherry shows up she's like the new record label she's the new star or whatever and Elvis and her are smitten they start filming a movie and they just like make out and like he just ignores the director and they're both like just super into it like they're they're just making out but again wait she's not into it though you don't think so no he drags her to like all those yeah, places she's, like, no, I, 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 I thought on the couch she was into it like when they're when they're I'm just talking about the one scene maybe not as a grand thing does that happen before or after they go out on the town to get seen together yeah, I thought it was after because she was upset that they were no paparazzi and therefore Elvis was a major turnoff because he kept taking her to like the zoo and the fair. No, I think he's a major turnoff because he's an and asshole. And because he's a dick. Like, yeah, he's, he's a macho, he, macho And prick. also like she like just has like a higher social stature than he does and whatever. So she just thinks that she's like too good for him and she is. Yeah. She seems pretty into it when they're making out on the couch, but I don't, generally speaking, I don't think she was actually that into him. The way that these movies work is that like there's a proposed love triangle mm-hmm. that doesn't actually materialize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, they just pick one of the women for Elvis and that's who he winds up with. Like, it was the same thing in the last movie where it's just like, there's two relationships that are kind of relationships but neither actually is mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden at the end he's just with a woman. Mm-hmm. And then here it's like, he's kind of with Peggy but not really, he's kind of with Sherry but not really and then by the end it's just like, oh, they need the happy ending, he's with Peggy. Like, because it's not exactly... She's standing there. Yes. Then the final new song in the movie is You're So Square, Baby, I Don't Care. Oh, so That's a song he's singing uh, poolside in the movie. That's the one with the sweater. The sweater song, I used to call it. But you're, you know, you're just referencing so many Weezer songs right now. you got Buddy Holly, you got <laughs> the sweater Holly. song. Oh, yeah, this one's very Buddy Holly, too. And this is also the scene where both of Elvis's ladies, quote-unquote his ladies or whatever, are both poolside. And I was like, are they going to give me like, an inter- in, like, alterca- altercation? There's not really, right? Like, they're just... No. They know about each other. Yeah, they they pass and say hi, and they're know they're each other. both very aware that uh, this is a, a gentleman who fidelity is not a primary you know, concern. concern. Yeah, and then the rest of the movie is what I mentioned earlier is that uh, 
you know, Hank gets or Hunk, Hunk. Sorry, it, like it's it's close to a real name, but it's not a real name. <laughs> no, because people are hunks. Like, yes, you don't you you aren't called Hunk. Like you're called a Hunk. But apparently, <laughs> you are. They get the offer to buy the record label. Hunk punches Elvis in the throat because he's feeling upstaged by Elvis because like they go on tour or whatever, and like nobody cares about him, and he's like, it's yeah, a he circus. Cut. I got to follow your act. Like, how am I supposed to do yeah. this? Which really, yeah, let Hunk go out there first because like, why are you making? El- why is Elvis not headlining? <laughs> and they cut Hunk from the TV special too. Peggy says something along the lines of like Elvis not punching Hunk back was quote an act of true love and I was like is it? She's so impressed by like the barest minimum that Elvis is not a complete dirtbag all the time she's like oh you're growing mm-hmm. and then his throat completely heals in a week they bring this band he's got stage right in front of like all of his close friends and then he sings Young and Beautiful to Peggy and then Peggy is smitten and that's how the movie ends a movie called Jailhouse Rock where roughly 15% is in jail <laughs> I think that's an over probably overestimate maybe 10-15 minutes I mean it's I, not I, a lot I was surprised that it took an hour to get to the actual song Jailhouse Rock yeah. and, like to perform like an hour in an hour in like 40 minute movie like I expected it much sooner um, I liked Hunk's two hound dogs that he had I thought that was kind of funny and I could have sworn hound dog was in this movie but it's not but maybe that was like a like an easter egg or something like that <laughs> So two questions about the songs that we're going to do every episode. Number one, what do you what do we all think is the best song in this movie? For me, it's crazy that it's not Jailhouse Rock. Even though we hear extra music that isn't in the actual record that's in this movie, mm-hmm. like it's a little bit longer. For me, it's Treat Me Right or You're So Square. It's between yeah, those two. I agree. I might go with You're So Square. I, baby, I don't care. Treat There's Me Nice and Baby, I Don't Care. Okay. Like, I think Young and Beautiful is a great song. I think Jailhouse Rock's a great song. I don't I, know, they're all great, but, but the it's bigger a personal question, preference. And this is something that I don't know, unless you know the song, Kara. Are any of them as good as Lonesome Cowboy? I don't think that they are. I think Lonesome <laughs> Cowboy is still the best song in Elvis That's, so far. Can you play that one for me? Because yeah. I think I know it, but it's, I don't. Yeah, it's still my favorite, too, somehow. I never expected it to be. This is the song that like they, they give him the new guitar... And that's not him playing the guitar. That's somebody else playing the guitar. This is reminding me of the opening of Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by Culture Club. <laughs> like, at any moment, it's just going to be like, duh, duh. I still think this is the best song in an Elvis movie so far, though. I'm not sure if I've heard this or I've just seen westerns. Yeah, it's it a just, real... It just embodies a western yeah. beautifully. Like, he's just got that velvet mm. tone in this one. Like, I also think that this is, like, layered and kind of produced in a way that the songs in this movie yes. I think on purpose are yes. not. Yeah, this these are way more raw, way more seven inch like that yeah, that feels like an overproduced album cut, but for some reason that and I've been complaining about the slower songs, but that one is just so beautiful. So now the next question is that Kara, on a scale of one to ten, how forced into the movie are the songs in this movie? Ten being like they basically just wrote scenes like, hey, we need a song here. One being Wait no no no, one is that way. Yeah. One is bad. Ten is just like, oh, everything makes perfect sense like in the movie. I feel like that we're never really gonna have like so far we've had a six and an eight, which is still better than I thought it was gonna be. But where do we think we fall? Ten is like, oh, everything makes total sense. One is like, why are any of these songs in the movie? Keeping in mind that they're all built around showcasing Elvis as a singer, right? Yeah, I mean, this entire movie is built around that one Jailhouse Rock song. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they like retrofitted a movie around that one song. So oh, yeah. if anything, it's like, why is this movie here? <laughs> well, that's a good I mean that's a well good that's question. that's what I've been trying to figure out from the beginning is why are they making Elvis movies at all well I mean no well and it's why, why wouldn't you yeah, yeah exposure so it's like well we have this great song let's not leave it at that mm-hmm. like we have an hour and a half and like everyone across the country right. they not only will they hear that song and MTV didn't exist yet yeah just have like a music video exactly yeah so yeah. on a number scale one to ten we have a six for loving you or loving tender and eight for loving you mm-hmm. seven 
Eight? I would say four. Well, I think it's a little lower because of how she, yeah. what she just said is how they, it kind of seems like they had Jailhouse Rock, they had that sequence, and it's like, all right, now how can we make a movie out of the, this? Like, yeah. what can we wrap around I feel like that definitely it? skews this figure. All right. Yeah. So, so I'd say four or five. I'd say I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go around five. Because I think Karis I think four, there's a, there's a really good chance that we're gonna have worse than this. Oh, like, we'll have. Much I know worse. that like the whole narrative, but like there's got to be songs which is like like the like the first movie they have dinner, then they're like, well, you know, it's our post dinner oh, time to play yeah. a song. It's it like, was before television. Kind of. It was before radio. It was in the Everyone, 1800s. We gather around the fire. We'll sing a song. Let's go on the porch and listen to Elvis. <laughs> All right, so the next movie that we're doing is King Creole, right? Oh, that's my favorite song right now. So what do you think King Creole is about, Mike? Just in like a in like a Elvis elevator Elvis in pitch. New Orleans. Okay. Like Car- in Big Easy. Carol, what do you think King Creole is going to be about? Like an oversized crayfish? Oh. Okay. And how does that tie into Elvis? Just wondering. Who knows? Okay. Well, he could be a crawdaddy, right? Like he's he's like got a shrimping boat or I'm gonna say him. Elvis wrestles an alligator. <laughs> I was almost gonna go with the same one every episode, which is Elvis gets amnesia and doesn't know who he is. <laughs> but I don't think it's ever gonna happen, so I wanna actually try and, and, and guess one of these one day. Well yeah, it's like you could play the game like the way that Joe Two plays it, which is like, what does the title in like make me think of? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is about the best Creole seasoning chef in the world, which again it, it may very well could be. Who knows? Bam. <laughs> so we're going to look now. The actual plot? Well, I, yeah, I'm going to look at the actual plot, but I'm also going to look up the uh, the numbers for like the stats and everything like that. So, okay. uh, Jailhouse Rock, I think, is the on Letterboxd, at least, the most famous, the most seen Elvis movie yeah. of any of his movies. The like, only one I'd ever seen. Right. So it had a 6.5 on IMDb. King Creole has a rating on IMDb of 7. Ooh. Ooh. It's by far our best one so far. Seen by 4,100 people on IMDb, which is pretty solid. I'm showing. excited. King Creole on Letterboxd. Jailhouse Rock had a 3.1. King Creole has a 3.4. This might be... Oh, cool. Could be our best Elvis movie. It's been seen by 1,325 people. Um, so that's very exciting. Ever. <laughs> Only 1,300 people in the history of in the world the whole have seen world. it. Yeah, like Marriage Story came out, what, two weeks ago, and like 100,000 people have seen it, but this has been out oh, for God. 60 years. I'm never going to watch Marriage people. Story. Yeah, I, I would personally rather die. <laughs> Is there a way you could like just get that off your Netflix permanently if you thumbs down it like without watching it? That's what we think King Creole is going to be about, either just New Orleans, an oversized crayfish, or wrestling an alligator. Mm. Any or all of that. I'm down for all of that. The only other news roundup we have every episode, I'd like to do a uh, Riley Keough. Do you know Riley Keough? Mm-hmm. You know, she's Elvis' granddaughter? Mm-hmm. I did not. Yeah. Oh, no? Yeah. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, so Lisa Marie's yeah. granddaughter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do a Riley Keough news roundup here, and she is going oh. to be in a new movie called Zola. Yes. Which is about that Twitter bread that went viral from the stripper in Florida. She does not play Zola, I don't think, but she plays like the best friend. That's amazing. She's the only celebrity I follow on Instagram. Well, Kara, thank you for joining us for Jailhouse Rock. I hope that this was a uh, palatable first Elvis movie? I mean, it was a little bit of a letdown, I have to yeah. say. I was kind Especially of like, for like, this is a big, this seems like a big Elvis I, movie. I thought it was going to be a big deal. You know, I, I have seen so many of the Frank Sinatra musicals, so I just, I was kind of expecting something like that, mm-hmm. and it was not. Because I feel like there's three Elvis movies that are like, if we had picked before, like, these are the big three. It's this one, it's Blue Hawaii, and, and Viva, Viva Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Through one of them, it's like, Oh. Well, that's the weirdest thing is when I, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a couple of years, but I, I'd watched it twice and I really liked it. And, and it's the only Elvis movie I'd ever seen. And maybe it's because I've seen two more Elvis movies now. But coming back to it this time, it just felt 
flat and kind of slow in places that I didn't remember. And I just had more fun watching it in previous engagements. So yeah, I, I can totally... Well, at least Viva Las Vegas has Anne Margaret in it, and she's just wonderful to look at. So here's what King Creole is about. Ah. So it's directed by Michael Curtis who directed Casablanca. Yes, I knew we were going to get to there. And Angel Dirty Faces. Mm-hmm. It's also starring Walter Matthau yes. and Vic Morrow. Oh, <laughs> this going to be good. Danny Fisher, young delinquent, flunks out of high school. <gasps> high school movie. That's oh, Brian. i got to call Brian. <laughs> he quits his job as a busboy in a nightclub, and one night he gets the chance to perform. Success is imminent, and the local crime boss, Maxie Fields, wants to hire him and perform at his nightclub, The Blue Shade. Danny refuses, but Fields won't take no for an answer. Oh, he's going to get mixed up with the mob. Kind of message, Brian. Oh, this is in a high school movie. I can't believe he's going to play a high school kid <laughs> in his fourth movie as like a 25-year-old. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. But Kara, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you want more of Kara, listen to the current lap of Too Fast, Too Forever, or every other Thursday, Wistful Thinking, we are currently in Surf Month. Which the episode coming out this Thursday is... Point Break. Very exciting. You referenced that on this episode, right? Like, I feel like today has been a blur. Jellicle Cat. <laughs> yes. Cats. I, I did. I quoted Gary Busey. Rum Tum Tiger. I got it right that time. Tugger. Oh, I got it wrong again. You kept saying Tigger, but now you said Tiger. You're still wrong. <laughs> I can't. I'll never get it right. <laughs> just think you won't get it right. And it's just the Rum Tum Tugger. Rum Tum Tugger. There you go. All right. For all things Viva Pod Vegas, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us king at cageclub.me. Come back next episode, whenever it is, probably January, hopefully color out of space. Yeah, I can't wait. We'll be wait. covering in theaters yeah. with King Creole. King Creole sometime probably next month, toward the end of the month. Who knows? There's also the chance that, you know, there's a new surprise, other Cage movie or Keanu movie, or if Adam's Family comes out on Blu-ray, whatever's going to happen, you know, King Creole is the next one up, 1958's King Creole, before he goes to war for a couple years. I think yeah. this is the last one before his little break. So after he comes back from war, he can't play at high school anymore. He's just been, he's been a changed man. But go to caseclub.me slash shows, poke around 26 shows, almost 1,400 episodes. Just go do that thing. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Cara Yellow-Regan. And we'll see you next time, whenever it is for King Creole, right here on Viva Pod Vegas. One through a party in the county jail. The prison band was there, they began to wail. The band was jumping and the joint began. Swing, you should have heard you knocked out jailbird sing that rock. Everybody let it rock. Everybody in old cell block was dancing to the jail out rock. Spider Murphy played his tenor saxophone. Little Joe was blowing on the slide trombone. The drummer boy from Illinois would crash boom bang. The whole rhythm section was a purple game.